Good morning. So glad to have you here today. It's uh, this has been a good month. The, these teachings from Thich Nhat Hanh have been really interesting. Some of you know that I go away to a retreat for four days, uh, usually in August, um, and that's a retreat that is done in silence and largely built around the teachings of Thich Nhat Hanh. So he has kind of a special place in my heart because I find that time incredibly healing and balancing and centering. And mostly because it's time to just be. To just be. So one of the things that we do is we pick a small area to walk, maybe the length of from the Clavinova over here to the podium, and we spend 45 minutes just stepping in that area, just really allowing. So we have a tendency to walk from our eyes. Do you know that? We look out there and we walk towards whatever it is that we're going to. So in this practice, you walk from your feet and your hips. And you bring your attention, not so much, you let your eyes soften, and you bring your attention down to the bottom of your body, and move from there and notice that there are a lot of things that happen. One of the things that happens is when we get out of our head, we're so far away from our body that, that a lot of times people have trouble balancing to do that. That when you put your focus down here and you step, you realize how out of touch you are with the core of your being, with the core of this form. So one of, one of the primary teachings that we've worked on through the last month has been the process of mindfulness, that we be in the moment and mindfully present to every little thing that we're doing. And most of us are living in whatever we're doing next rather than what we're doing now. So I want to read a couple little paragraphs. And this is from a book called at Home in the World, it's by Thich Nhat Hanh, Stories and Essential Teachings from a Monk's Life. And this is called Raking Leaves. It says this, In autumn, I like to rake the leaves at my hermitage at Plum Village. I do it every three days or so using a rake. I know that raking leaves is in part to have a clean path to walk along, and if I'm able to do, to do so, to do a running meditation. When I'm healthy, I like to jog at least twice a day. I practice mindful jogging and mindful raking. But raking the leaves is not simply to have a clear path to jog on or walk along. Raking the leaves is just to enjoy raking the leaves. So I hold the rake in such a way that makes me feel happy, peaceful, and solid during the whole time of raking. I want to ensure every movement is an act of enlightenment, an act of joy, an act of peace. So I'm not in a hurry because I see that the very act of raking is at least as wonderful as having a clean path. I would not be satisfied with any less than that. Every stroke I make brings, brings me joy, solidity, and freedom. I should be entirely myself, entirely present while raking the leaves. Then raking the leaves is no longer just a means to arrive at an end that we call having a clean path. Raking the leaves is life itself. It doesn't take long to attain the fruits of the practice by raking leaves. 
if you can make one stroke in such a way that you are fully invested in the act of raking the leaves, then you will be rewarded right away. Each stroke is a work of art. How many of you have done any raking yet this year? A little bit. It's getting to be that time, isn't it? So what if you were to rake for the pure joy of raking? How would that change your experience? If you could notice as you rake all the simple things like the feel of the handle in your hands or the sound that you hear as the tines run across the grass or the fragrance of the soil that comes up as you rake or the colors of the leaves that you're gathering and what it feels like to bring them together. Each of those things is part of your experience, isn't it? And you miss them all if your focus is on getting done. How quickly can I get these all together so I can do whatever I'm thinking about in the next moment? So we're invited into this mindfulness when we study Thich Nhat Hanh's teachings. We're invited to live our life in a slower way, in a way that brings us present to this very moment. And that practice grows us and brings us joy. That practice is related to the teaching we're going to cover today, which is the teaching of impermanence. And we're going to start with this little video. Are you having the best day of your life? Good for you, but it will pass. Are you having a hangnail? That irritating small torn piece of skin on the side of your nail? Don't worry, it will pass. Having the hiccups? It will pass. Are you being forced to watch a chick flick or a reality TV show with your girlfriend? It will pass. Are you busted by your brother watching a chick flick on your own? It will pass. Do you want to watch a 20 second video and you have to watch a commercial for 45 seconds? <sighs> it will pass. Is your girlfriend baking banana chocolate muffins with sprinkles on it for you? Sadly, it will pass as well. There is one unchangeable truth and that is ironically that everything changes. Nothing will ever stay the same. When you are feeling lonely, it will pass. When you are having tremendous pleasure, it will pass. Everything we will ever experience is impermanent. What I personally think that this means is that when you are having a good time, enjoy it. And when you are having a bad time, remember that these things will pass as well. This will give you strength. Or in the example of you having to watch reality television, you can also of course throw the television out of the window. And when your girlfriend reacts angry about it, remember, it will pass. Thank you for watching this video. Have a great, awesome, inspiring day. How many of you say that? It will pass. It will pass. We'll get through this. So why is the idea of impermanence so hard for us? Because we know it, don't we? Like we know that all forms go away. That there is an eternal us that is housed in this form that continues. But all of our belongings, all of our things, all of our stuff, all of our connection to our individual friends and family, all of that is going to change, isn't it? We know that. There's no need for We've seen it 
at this point in life, we've seen it. It's our attachment that gets in the way of our acceptance of impermanence. So where do we learn attachment? Where do we learn? What do you think? When? How about this? When do we learn attachment? Somebody said breastfeeding. When we are first born. When we're first born, that is my mother. If I even know that, I think it's part of me, don't I? That doesn't change much by the time a kid is 18 years old. (laughs) Right? That's my mom. You hear your kids argue about it. She's not your mom. She's my mom. She was my mom first. It's survival, isn't it? We need to have our mom to survive. We don't, there's no possibility for her to go away. She belongs to me. She belongs to me. It's later in life that we realize it works the other way. They think they, that we belong to them. But originally, it's my mom. And so we begin with this sense of attachment that's based in our survival needs. And as we grow, we're taught more of that. We have my mom, my house, my chair, my food, my bed, my favorite television show, right? We have all these things that we're attached to. And as we grow older, it expands. As we grow older, it's my study books, it's my car, it's my teacher, and even older, it's my job, it's my clothing, it's my suit, it's my wedding ring. All of these things have purpose to us because they identify who we are. How we dress identifies who we are. Our favorite music identifies who we are. The food we choose to eat identifies who we are. The people we surround ourselves with. All of those things, the couch, the love seat, the kind of carpet we like, all of those things tell the rest of the world, this is who I am. So my identity is tied to predictable patterns in life that tell people I am consistently, permanently the same person that I have always been, which now means I can predictably move through life and they can predictably interact with me, which is a really uh, grounding thing, except it's an illusion because the clothing we, ha- we have is going to wear out and the couch we have will get holes in it and the house we have will eventually break down and the car we have will have to be replaced and the music we like will change and the people who are available to move through life with us will move away. All of that is true, isn't it? Even down to our mothers going away. Every single thing in our life that we claim as ours is going away. All of those forms are changing and shifting. So our attachment to identity separates us. Because I am I and you are you, we know that we're different people. 
We can predict interaction. We also can forget that we're the same one connected to spirit. That there is, like the song said, one heart singing. There is one divine source from which we all emanate. And we forget that because we look different and we live in different places and we separate ourselves out. So the teachings of Thich Nhat Hanh invite us to realize that we are one in every moment. When we recognize that there is no impermanence, there are two really valuable things that happen. The first is we reduce our suffering. When we really know these relationships will change, what we have today will look different. There are no guarantees. When we know that and something changes, we are prepared for it. It doesn't shock us because we haven't been living in the illusion of permanence. The second thing is, it gives us incredible freedom to be different, to change ourselves, to try on all the different aspects of life that are available to us. So what if you didn't have to wear the clothes that are in your closet? What if you could completely change your style? What if nobody had an expectation of you being exactly the same today as you were yesterday? What if all the things everyone has come to rely on you to do, you suddenly had the freedom to make a choice about? And what if your decision about life was to simply move towards joy? Move toward what brings you joy. How would your life be different? What if you considered, I don't have to live in this same place? I don't, I'm not tied to it. I could change. What if you looked at the people who are most precious and every time you saw them, you realized they're not permanent. The soul in them is. The eternal soul is there, isn't it? But this form will go away for all of us. So how often around here do we say to each other, wow, I really like your coat. Great scarf. Your hair looks really good today. You have a beautiful home. None of that is the important part of life, is it? The important part of life is I feel alive when we're together. I can tell we're connected. The important part of life is I see the holy in your eyes. The important part of life is there are things that don't have words. There are ways of being that don't have words that I live in when I'm with you. That bring from me something that is authentic and original and unique. That wouldn't happen if we were busy worrying about what we were wearing or what kind of car we drive. So this concept of impermanence is a really important opportunity. And I, I want to compare it to a sunset or a sunrise because most all of us have had the experience of sitting back and watching the sky change to go from gold to pink to purple to dark and all shades of orange and yellow that come in the process of that. And when it happens, we expect it to end, don't we? And so we, or, we really have our focus on the nuances of the sky. We notice, 
Oh, it's turning over there and that's shifting over here. And look what's happening. And we stay attentive. We actually watch the movement in the sky, the shifting colors. That's what happens when you have an understanding of impermanence. All the nuances are brought to the surface because we know that this is the only moment. What's happening right now is right now and will never be again in this exact way. The people who are here in this moment with you this morning, the breath you're breathing, the place you're sitting, the comfort of your shoes, the, the ability to be organically here will never happen again exactly like this. And if we put 100% of our focus into our life in the present moment, we experience everything in a rich and vibrant and colorful way. And we notice the nuances that happen in life rather than seeing through our eyes and walking toward whatever is coming next and missing everything that just happened. Missing where we are right now. So when Thich Nhat Hanh says impermanence brings us, understanding impermanence brings us joy, that's why. Because it's the nuances of this moment that are fully 100% available to us and the nuances of who we are in this moment. The fact that we don't have to be who we were in the last moment or who we'll be in the next moment. We get to be exactly what we are right now. So I want to invite you to consider that. I want to invite you to ask yourself, how different would my life be with the persons or people I'm in relationship with if I was constantly surprised by who they've become in the next moment? If I was always looking for who they are now instead of expecting them to be who they've always been. And how would life change for you if you had no expectation for yourself except to breathe and be and follow joy? It would change everything, wouldn't it? I have some quotes for you. Thich Nhat Hanh said, We have to nourish our insight into imper impermanence every day. If we do, we will live more deeply, suffer less, and enjoy life much more. Living deeply, we will touch the foundation of reality, nirvana, the world of no birth and no death. Touching impermanence deeply, we touch the world beyond permanence and impermanence. We touch the ground of being and see that which we have called being and not being are just notions. Nothing is ever lost and nothing is ever gained. Alan Wilson Watts said, the only way to make sense out of change is to plunge into it, move with it, and join the dance. Zena Shrek said, shape-shifting requires the ability to transcend your attachments, in particular, your ego attachments to identity and who you are. If you can get over your attachment to labeling yourself and your cherishing of your identity, you can be virtually anybody. 
You can slip in and out of different shells, even different animal forms or other forms. And another quote from Thich Nhat Hanh, it is not impermanence that makes us suffer. What makes us suffer is wanting things to be permanent when we know they are not. Finally, this is from Victoria Moran from a book she wrote called Younger by the Day, 365 Ways to Rejuvenate Your Body and Revitalize Your Spirit. And she says this, it stands to reason that anyone who learns to live well dies well. The skills are the same, being present in the moment, humble and brave, and keeping a good sense of humor. <laughs>